welcome to my live. Welcome to my inevitably going to post to my med to my podcast, My Medicine, my fourth episode, I believe, of the new season. I'm just turning these lives into podcasts, because why the hell not? So today is gonna be a different kind of day. This is probably the most uncomfortable I've felt going live in a really long time. Last night something happened that really triggered something in me. And this is basically me going through my thought process and processing my emotions. It's kind of different. <laughs> I find recording videos of myself and talking with myself and to a camera is really healing and really helpful for me as I grow and as I learn through the stuff that is happening in my life, you know? So it's really, you ever notice that the biggest thing, the biggest thing that can happen and that can spark something in you comes from like something so small and so ridiculous, you know what I mean? So basically this thing that happened last night that really triggered something in me came from something that was so seemingly ridiculous, like really ridiculous. I was even laughing about it when it was happening. So a little background. Cameron and I were at dinner last night, me and my partner, and I asked him specifically, is there anything in my teeth after we're eating? And he says no. And then we get home hours later, we had already gone to another store after that, and I noticed that there's something in my teeth. And this is a theme, this has been a common theme where I've been with my partner for six and a half years and there will be food in my mouth, food in my teeth, and he will not tell me. And it's really frustrating because it's like, you're my partner, you're probably looking at my smile the most and you're not telling me that there's anything in my teeth. And it's been this whole time. <laughs> and he, we got to the root of that and it's that it's that he doesn't really care about his smile as much as I do. I guess I care a lot. I didn't realize that. And I do my best to smile at so many people. I do my best to smile at everyone I encounter. I don't do it's not 100%, but I do my best to smile at everyone that I encounter. So yeah, my smile is important to me. A little background <laughs> a little background I've had braces two times I have had teeth pulled baby teeth like seven baby teeth pulled because they would not get out of my mouth I have had a palate expander on the top and the bottom of my mouth I had braces from around sixth grade to twelfth grade uh, I still wear my retainer every other day for the past 10 years. I have a lot of trauma with my mouth and my smile. It's taken a lot of work for it to look like this and a lot of pain. And 
trauma, you know? So my smile means a lot to me. <laughs> I guess. It, it means a lot to me and I want to be able to smile at all the people that I want to smile at. Without feeling self-conscious too, right? If there's something in my teeth, I would like to know about it. So I'm not like, and there's just stuff in my teeth. Of course, I post videos on here with stuff in my teeth. It really doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter at the end of the day. But I would love to be able to trust my partner to be able to tell me that there's something in my teeth. Especially when I ask him if there's something in my teeth. So, last night, I am so triggered. It's been six and a half years of this buildup of him not telling me that there's something in my teeth. And I am so frustrated and all he can do is just laugh at me because he thinks it's ridiculous. He doesn't care that much about his smile. He doesn't care if there's anything in his teeth. Whatever. <laughs> I'm good, how are you? So, last night, I was so triggered by the fact that he was laughing. I was laughing too, cause I, it's like in the back of my head, I knew how ridiculous it was. And he was still laughing and I was still laughing and I was becoming frustrated and I wasn't getting the reaction that I wanted. And I'm gonna talk about where this all stems from and what what happens and what I have been exposed to when you don't get the reaction that you want. So because I wasn't getting the reaction I wanted, I wanted him to take me seriously over this pretty ridiculous, it wasn't an argument because it was one-sided, over this ridiculous thing that I was pretty upset about. And then I started talking about and saying things that I didn't mean and saying hurtful things and going to a place that I really didn't want to go to over something so ridiculous as I've had food in my mouth and you didn't tell me. <laughs> so I said some hate, I said some really mean stuff and I was joking about it when I said it. It wasn't told like the tone was not so bad. But it was the things that I said. And I said, give me some grace when I share this because this is hard for me to share because this is something that I'm still learning to forgive myself for. I said, thank you, Kyle. I did go out of my way to ask. So, I, I said, fuck you. I was joking about it, but I still said it. And then I said, I fucking hate you. <sighs> okay, but I, I was I was joking about it. I didn't freaking mean it. And <sighs> he knew I didn't mean it. He didn't take it personally. But I was imagining him, I was imagining me being in that position and him telling me that. And it would be really, really hard for me to forgive him. It would, I would probably never let him see the end of it. And 
then I started feeling really, really terrible about myself and really villainizing myself and being like, wow, that is so crazy that you said that. And he, he's so, he's literally like the sweetest, one of the sweetest persons on earth. He's never called me a mean name. He's never said those things to me. I've never said those things to him. And I just, my cat was laying on my lap. I was sitting right here and he was laying right here. And I was just super emotional. And a lot of things sparked in me because I said these words that I absolutely didn't mean that were really hurtful even if they were in a joking way they were really hurtful and not nice and being directed towards someone who has never been hurtful towards me ever so it's an extra guilty feeling You know, and then I was like, wow, I was villainizing myself. So I was like, wow, I am a really bad person. I'm a really mean person. I don't understand when my partner tells me that I'm such a sweet and nice person. I don't get it because in my life, I'm sure other people can relate to this. I am the harshest to the people that are closest to me. They get the best and the worst of me. And yes, I have my sweet moments with my partner. I absolutely do. And, you know, it is important for me to take credit for that. But it's hard to take credit. It's hard to see that in myself when I can be so harsh. Especially to my partner. You know, when I look at my partner, it's... It's six and a half years of us really growing together. I was not this person yesterday, let alone six years ago, you know? So it's been a lot of tumultuous growing. He has seen me at my absolute worst and my best, you know? But when I look at him, I even have a hard time looking at him sometimes because it's like I can only see the bad things that I've done and a lot of yelling and some name calling and saying things that I really don't mean and you know he was definitely reassuring me and telling me that he wouldn't be in this relationship if it wasn't equitable and he loves me and I'm so grateful that he has this unconditional love for me. He's really the one that's teaching me what it looks like. He eventually fell asleep and I eventually was writing in my journal. That's what my journal looks like. And was getting to the bottom of where these emotions came from and I can absolutely pinpoint my reactions and why I said things that I didn't mean and it is because my dad 
feel like I talk about my dad so much. I love you, dad. But my dad has had a history of reacting in a way and saying things that he doesn't mean when he doesn't get the reaction that he wants. If I'm not giving him exactly what he wants, he has been known to say the most hurtful things that you possibly can. He has been known to raise his voice and be really scary and seemingly turn into someone else. And it makes sense. You know, I was thinking yesterday about how much I'm so similar to my mom. And I am so similar to my mom. But I'm also very similar to my dad. And years ago, I made this post on Reddit, on this subreddit called Am I the Asshole? And I was like, I'm going through this thing with my dad. Am I interpreting my reality correctly? I couldn't trust myself to even interpret my reality and trust my interpretation. So I was asking a bunch of strangers what they thought about my situation. And a lot of them said, wow, he sounds like a narcissist. He sounds like a narcissist. And then I started going down this rabbit hole in th at three in the morning. I couldn't sleep for several days because I was just going down this rabbit hole of what narcissism is. And basically what I was told, for the record, I don't, at now, I don't like to think about people being narcissists because I think it is very dehumanizing and I think people have narcissistic traits. I have narcissistic traits. I mean, who doesn't? When it is like, yes, I'm experiencing my world. It's like the ego, we all have an ego. It's all very self-centered and I'll talk more about the ego in a little bit later. But basically, everything that I was reading about narcissism was dehumanizing and villainizing and calling these people monsters. Like, these people are monsters. And basically saying that all the positive traits that you've seen in these people are not real. And the person that you're seeing who is acting out, who is getting very angry, who is saying things that they don't mean, that's the real them. That is their true colors. So for a long time, I've been under this false impression. I believe it's a false impression. I don't agree with that anymore. But that really villainized my dad and totally clouded my judgment and virtually erased all of the positive qualities that my dad has because I was interpreting them as lies. That's the part of him that's lying and not this angry part. Years later, I'm finding a lot of the qualities that I've seen in my dad, positive, positive and negative, quote unquote, because it's all about perspective, right? I guess, quote unquote, desirable and undesirable as well. And I've seen a lot of these qualities in myself. 
a lot. Like manipulation. Man, uh, <laughs> gaslighting, saying things I don't mean. Getting angry and screaming and being irrational. All of these qualities, all of the positive qualities I've seen in my dad, all the, and this is quote unquote, of course, and all the quote unquote negative qualities I've seen in my dad are absolutely qualities that exist in here. And that is why I was villainizing myself. That is why I was dehumanizing myself last night. And that's why I was so being so harsh on myself for saying things that I didn't mean. So what I came to conclusion with is that we all have an ego and it's not just my dad. It's not just me. Uh. I don't apologize for burping. It's not just me. Everyone has an ego and our ego I believe develops at the age of seven. So our egos are our inner seven-year-old and we each have one and it lashes out. It gets triggered at certain things and it takes over a lot of the time when we're not able to have an awareness of our ego. We're not able to incorporate the ego especially when we demonize the ego the ego reacts even more and lashes out even more <clears throat> and it is so freaking hard to see when it's someone else's ego it can be really easy when you know the different nuances and you know when to spot it especially in yourself and then you can spot it in someone else but everybody has an ego, everybody has a soul. And you'll see a lot of people who are operating in fear are operating from their ego. Like a lot of people in power, I don't wanna say everyone in power because I don't believe that's the case, but like for me, Trump comes up as the epitome of that example. Trump is to me operating from his ego a lot of the time and it's funny because I hear my partner always criticizing Trump and always being like wow he's such a terrible person and very much villainizing him as well which this is this might be controversial if you're if you're more like him no judgment here but little do we know that that old man is very much acting out from his se inner seven-year-old. That's his inner seven-year-old. And when our inner seven-year-old lashes out, says things it doesn't mean, screams, yells, and gets scary because it's scared, it's really crying out for help. And it's like, I really need love and connection at this moment. I really need to be seen, heard, and loved. And I don't feel that way, so I need to throw a tantrum, basically, in order to get any attention, even if it's bad attention. 
quote unquote. <laughs> so I made this realization for myself, or I had this realization for myself last night when I was thinking about my dad. And I used to take everything that he said so personally. I'm that's absolutely something I'm still working on is knowing that really nothing is personal. It has everything to do with the person who's going through it, who's growing through it. Because it's sparking something from that sparking something in them from their childhood or adulthood that they have yet to heal from. 100%. It has nothing and has never had anything to do with me. It's just I am sparking I have sparked a lot of things in my dad that have yet to be healed. He has vice versa. My partner last night did something that I didn't really know about until I overreacted and then I was able to see myself in a different perspective and see my dad in a different perspective as well. Though this seven-year-old, this inner seven-year-old is wearing the mask of a 40, 50-year-old who is in a way bigger body, who has aged, who can be really, really scary, has a way deeper voice, looks like a grown man, but the inner child is still seven years old. And we each have one. I'm not saying that it's just him that has one. I have one. Everyone in the whole world has one. But when I was able to see that it's not just my dad, it's not just this grown man who has all of his shit together, it's his inner seven-year-old that's saying things that he doesn't mean, I'm able to take it a lot less personally. And it was really empowering for me to discover that for myself. <laughs> You're not going to take shit that a seven-year-old says personally, are you? And that's what I was doing. Because I, d I didn't have that awareness before. I hope this is really helpful if you're watching this. If you're watching the replay, I hope this is helpful. Because it's really helpful for me. And then I was able to forgive my dad. Maybe I forgave myself first because the qualities and the traits that my dad has are absolutely within me as well. And it's just my inner seven-year-old who's just crying out for help as well when she was saying those things that she really didn't mean. And she wasn't getting the reaction that she wanted from her partner who was just laughing at her, who... She wanted to be taken seriously, so she decided to say whatever she could to get that reaction, to be taken seriously, to be seen, loved, and heard, and heard. And it's reasonable. <laughs> it's reasonable for a seven-year-old. And I'm really, really grateful that my partner is so understanding and patient and has a lot of empathy for me because if it was the other way around 
I don't know if I would be able to provide that for him. So let's backtrack a little bit. I was able to forgive myself and see that it's just my inner seven-year-old who's looking and crying out for help. And then because I was able to forgive myself, I was able to forgive my dad and understand that none of that shit was ever personal. That was just his inner seven-year-old crying out for help, which makes me feel sad, honestly. Not to mention, he has so many incredible traits. Not to mention that seven-year-old, that's not his true colors. The lashing out, the anger, the mean things that he said, that's not his true colors. Same with me. The lashing out, mean names, those things. Those aren't the real me. I find a lot of the time on reality TV... They're like, oh, I see your true colors now when someone is triggered. And those aren't the true colors. Those are the colors of the ego, which are derived in fear. And fear is a lie. Fear is always a lie. So those are actually false colors, if you want to put it that way. That's not the real them at all. The real us is qualities of the soul it's essentially pure love, unconditional love, and light. And my dad has a lot of amazing qualities, and a lot of it has been clouded by this fear. I've had this fear of my dad when it's like, seeing it through this new perspective, how can I have fear for a seven-year-old, right? <laughs> it's such an interesting way to look at it, but it's so true. And... I was able to see like the genuine awesome qualities of my dad. He's so funny. He is absolutely the reason that I am so funny. He's definitely most of the reason why I'm so funny. My mom's also funny, but my humor is very much like my dad. He's very personable. He can get along with everyone and anyone. He is very thoughtful. He is always thinking about others when he is not triggered. He's always thinking about others. He wants everyone else to be comfortable. He loves like being the party. He is like, what do you call that? The life of the party. He loves being the life of the party. He's a really nice, amazing person. He's taught me a lot. I was able to forgive him last night and also be grateful for all of the amazing things that he has done for my life, you know? And I don't really talk about this because I've been really angry and have been misunderstanding my dad for a long time. But, like, <laughs> I have a really good credit score because of my dad. Because he instilled how important it is to have a good credit score because he had to learn the hard way. I had really good grades and I always push myself to do my absolute best. Of course, there's a happy medium, but he's the reason that I pushed myself so hard and he's the reason that I ended up, you know, being successful in school and college. He's the reason I got a degree. Yes, I'm not doing anything with my degree right now. I got an I got a degree in accounting and I don't do that anymore. But I do 
Um, I am so grateful that I went to college. If I didn't go to college, I wouldn't have met the amazing people that I did. I wouldn't have learned all of the things that I learned. And I wouldn't have met this guy, uh, my partner, if I did not go to college. And this specific college as well. I'm so grateful that he forced me to do softball. He didn't push me into it, but he said, you're doing softball for four years. I didn't love it. <laughs> I wasn't good at it. But I'm really grateful to have had that team experience. I was able to be a captain my last year and have that leadership experience and have this sisterhood with the other girls and working hard to accomplish a goal was really awesome. I also was on the team when we only had eight players, which you need nine to play. So I was technically covering part of center field and right field by myself. Um, even though he didn't go to one game, I'm still really grateful that he, he made me go and do that. So there are a lot of amazing things that he provided in my life. There are a lot of amazing things that are in my life right now that are because of him. I'm, Mom, if you're watching this, there are a lot of amazing things that you've provided in my life. Obviously, this is more so about my dad. But yeah, it's important to not undervalue the other things and let the fear cloud my judgment because it's been clouding my judgment for a really long time. I was going to say something else, so give me one second. Damn it. <laughs> Sometimes I lose my train of thought. I'll find it again at some point. But this was a really important lesson for me to grow through. It seemed super ridiculous. Maybe some of you will agree that, you know, semi-justified. I definitely, I know that I overreacted. But it was really important for, for those things to come up because it was another opportunity for me to love myself and especially love that inner seven-year-old who's just wants love that's all that she is doing and she's just crying out for help because she's not getting the attention aka connection that she needs and is willing to do just about anything to feel seen and heard which makes a lot of sense with my my dad as well and it's so important that we ver we try our best to avoid villainizing and dehumanizing specific people. And I reckon it can be easy to do that because certain people have scary traits about them, right? But really that's just their ego and that's their inner seven-year-old and we each have one. We each have one and it's so important to humanize that part of ourselves because it's in it's literally in each and every one of us. Sometimes it can be more pronounced in other humans, especially if 
we are unaware that there is that part of ourselves. There is the ego part of ourselves who I like to think of it as driving a bus. Sometimes our soul is driving the bus and that's when we're in our most loving state versus when our ego is driving the bus and trying to take over and that inner seven-year-old is taking over and like, soul, get out of my way. And the inner seven-year-old is taking over the bus. And it's within each of us. And I think it's so important that we learn to love this aspect of ourselves because we each have it. And that's exactly what it needs. Learning to love my ego has definitely softened it a lot. And... Also seeing it in, I just imagine seven-year-old me and she was just the cutest, most precious person ever. I honestly want to get, <laughs> I want to get like a portrait of my seven-year-old on myself just so I can remember that she's still such an important part of me. And yes, she looks like a 27-year-old now, but she's still such a, an important part of me. And it's so important for me to love her because she is really innocent and she can be scared and it's reasonable that she can be and it's reasonable that she lashes out the way that she lashes out because she's seven and there are a lot of amazing lovable qualities about her and she deserves to be seen for those amazing qualities so I hope this inspires you to love your inner seven-year-old and there's nothing wrong with there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with her she's just can be scared sometimes when she doesn't know what to do and maybe when things come up that spark something in her that remind her of her painful past you know she's just trying to do our best we're all just trying to do our best and that's such an amazing, huge takeaway, friends. We're all just trying to do our best. We're all doing our best. We're doing it. And our best varies very much from day to day and person to person. Because we're all growing and we're all learning. And I am not perfect. This is what I was going to talk about. So I have had the tendency because I would witness this in my dad. My dad would, if something didn't go his way, he would lash out and say things he didn't mean. And often that can burn bridges between him and someone else. So he has had the tendency to hurt someone else before he is hurt. And I have very much seen that tendency within myself. You know, if my relationships are not 100% trustworthy, I can tend to cut that person off or step away and distance myself from that person. I saw Pink on a video and she said, oh, how the pendulum swings. And I was like, holy shit, isn't that true? You know, when I was younger, I put up with everything. I 
changed myself for everyone that I encountered, for every relationship that I was in, and I dealt with a lot of stuff, and I just grinned and bared it for a really long time, and then I got to a point where I was so pissed and so angry, and I was like, I'm never gonna fucking do this again, and the pendulum just swung completely the other way, and I was like, yeah, this... I'm never gonna let anybody hurt me again and I am going to cut someone off or distance myself from someone when the relationship is not 100% perfect. So I went from one extreme to the other and part of my journey is definitely finding a balance. I think I've come up with the balance that if someone has made a mistake and they're able to own up to it and apologize for it, and able to grow from it, then I must be willing to be forgiving, you know, forgiving of myself, forgiving of other people, and vice versa. Like, if I made a mistake and I apologized and owned up to it, I would hope that that person would give me another chance. Uh, Because perfection is just this impossible standard that I have tried my whole life to live up to, and have these high expect high impossible expectations of other people trying to live up to as well. So that's something that I learned is that I can have a tendency to do that and distance myself from people when it's not going 100% my way or how I would expect. And that's just my inner seven-year-old because she doesn't really know what to do. And that is what she's been taught to do. And inevitably, that's maybe what, probably what my dad was taught to do too. And it was just this, it's just this, a lot of generational trauma that's coming up. A lot of generational stuff. And if you can relate to me in any way... And you know that you want to live differently and you want to do it differently than your parents and their parents and their parents. Chances are you are the cycle breaker in your family and it is a big job. It's a big job because it is years and generations of a lot of hurt and a lot of pain and a lot of things that are just passed down to us. A lot of seven-year-old stuff that keeps coming up and keeps getting put uh passed down and you know it's not about getting rid of that seven-year-old that seven-year-old ain't going anywhere but it is about forming this partnership and this union so because we have our seven-year-old right we also have our soul which is very trusting of the universe very loving caring nurturing evolved my uh, teacher says that it is the evolved adult who knows how to handle situations who can take care of that inner seven-year-old and it's really a union of the two not trying to cast out one or the other but learning to marry the two and I think of it as my higher self I think of it as my inner parent and inner child, you know, and 
My inner parent is just here to take care of that inner child and love that inner child. And part of the reason I was so hard on myself last night was because my partner, if if I said those th- if he said those things that I said to him, it would be really hard for me to forgive him. And yet he has no issue doing that. He sees me and he knows that he didn't I didn't mean it. And like loves me unconditionally and it's just like how can you still put up with my my shit, quote unquote, put up with my 7-year-old? I'm going to I said 7-year-old a lot. So Sorry, not sorry. But he's put up with me for a lot and had a has a, had a lot of patience for me in a way that no one else has had patience for me in my whole entire life and it's really amazing and I'm a huge shout out to him because he really is teaching me what unconditional love looks like and what forgiveness and patience and all of that stuff looks like and it's really awesome and I was having a hard time with comparing myself to him because it's like, I should be at your level. You deserve someone who's at your level, right? No. I mean, <laughs> he deserves the best and I deserve the best. But we're both here to teach each other, <laughs> be our teachers. Like, my dad has been my great, one of my greatest teachers in the whole world. He has been an amazing teacher and I just hope to pass it along and I I hope to learn what he knows, you know? And we all deserve that unconditional love and patience and forgiveness uh, for ourselves, especially within ourselves, but within the person that we spend the most time with as well. It's really cool. I just want to think about any if there's anything else that I left out that I wanted to talk about. Otherwise, I'll wrap it up here. I did want to continue about that. Avoid a comparison. Avoid a comparison. Because I am not... Cameron as awesome and amazing as he is I am not Cameron I have not had the same experiences as Cameron I have not learned the same lessons yet and definitely will never learn them in the same exact way either we're all on our unique journeys and it's perfectly perfect that imperfections and mistakes come up I used to think I needed to be a certain way in order to show up in this world and to be able to show up on camera and show up in the way that I want to show up. And perfection is just an impossible standard. And I definitely would like to set the example that we're all works in progress. This healing that I'm talking about with generational wounds and other things and triggers and stuff like that. There's no end date to when I'm going to heal this shit. 
who knows about if it's ever gonna be fully healed this is a lifelong process lifelong so i better stop acting like i'm perfect and expecting myself to be perfect and thinking that i'm gonna be worthy when i'm perfect when i'm healed when i'm quote unquote fixed you know what i'm saying so I'm doing my best to throw that perfection and that idea of perfection out the freaking window and learning to accept my imperfections and mistakes are literally part of life and this has really helped me. I understand why I went live. I was listening to my intuition slash soul when I went live versus my ego because my ego didn't want me to go live. But this has really helped me process this. It helps me see in a different perspective. It's such a unique way of healing is through a camera and through being so open and so vulnerable. It's something that I absolutely fucking love about myself. It's something that I absolutely look for in my experience and I look for in other people. And it's really cool that I get to do that. Yes, celebrating myself and, you know... It is totally cool that we're not per that we're not perfect. It is important for me to not hold to avoid holding myself to this standard of imperfection so that I can avoid holding other people to this impossible standard of perfection because it's not fair and I want to have relationships. I want to have friendships, you know, and I want there to be that grace and that unconditional love and acceptance of course there comes a point and healthy boundaries are super important but it's important to not <laughs> like I used to have no boundaries and then I had these ginormous walls above and around my heart trying to protect me so a lot of this journey for me is finding that balance and finding the healthy medium and healthy boundaries so that I can still let people in. Yeah, I open up vulnerably and I share on here and I have the confidence to do that. But there are a lot of things that I still have yet to work on. And that is forgiveness. That is relationships. I have an awesome partner, but still I'm not perfect and we're not perfect but it's all about growing and it's all about being open and willing to grow. I've been reading this amazing book. <laughs> uh, it's really freaking good. If you're ever curious about AA or if you ever want to have empathy for other people who are going through alcoholism, uh, it's really mind-blowing. It's really eye-opening. And... They say that the how, the how that you do it, and I think that it's relatable to not just alcoholics, the how is, like, how you do something, how you grow through something is honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness. H-O-W. Cool, right? So, I think that is definitely what it's about. Honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness to grow, and... This was really helpful. Thank you so much if you watched. If you didn't watch, cool too. This was really helpful for me. And I hope that it's helpful for you. And I will see you in the next live slash next 
podcast episode. Love you all so much.